From WNYC, this is Money Talking. I'm Charlie Herman. President Trump is no fan of global trade deals. Just take a look, by the way, take a look at NAFTA, one of the worst deals ever made by any country. The Trans-Pacific Partnership, which will not only destroy our manufacturing, but it will make America subject to the rulings of foreign governments, and it's not going to happen. We will never, ever sign bad trade deals. America first. Again, America first. Trump argues that they've hurt the U.S. economy and U.S. workers. So as he meets with world leaders in Europe this week... It's true honor to be here in Poland. It's a majestic nation. It really is. It's a uh, spectacular place. Some of the most beautiful sights that we just saw coming over. Really very inspirational. He's also reportedly considering imposing tariffs on foreign steel in order to make American steel more affordable. We're going to fight for American workers and American-made steel, and that's beginning immediately. And these tariffs might also grow to include other imports like aluminum, paper, and even more. But in doing so, could Trump end up setting off a global trade war? Well, joining me are Rana Fruhar with the Financial Times and Rick Newman with Yahoo Finance. And Rick, how exactly would this work? Well, we don't know exactly how it worked. Would he single out individual uh, countries? Would he single out individual products? Even when you uh, isolate a category product like steel, there are many, many sub-products. I mean, this is extremely complicated in the the tariff schedules, as they're called, are, look like the old white pages. They're gigantic. This is what the administration's trying to figure out right now. It's very, very complicated. Is there a legitimate issue here that he's trying to get at? I think that this is more about economic nationalism in general. I don't think it's a specific, really granular issue, but more this vision of, hey, um, we've been getting an unfair deal. We want to turn the tables. We want to show uh, other countries that we can push back against the global trading system. I, I, can I, I think there is a little bit more to it than that. I mean, there is a legitimate problem here. So globalization and global trade has helped the U.S. economy overall, but it has hurt some people. And what the United States has not done a good job of in the last uh, probably 20 years is taking care of the people harmed by globalization. uh, Mainly they have just been left to fend for themselves. And that was Trump's appeal. Yeah, but that's a big issue that plenty of people aside from Donald Trump think. If we talk about just steel in general, I mean, yeah, steel dumping has been going on for years and years. Many countries do it. I think that the fact that he's chosen this issue right now, uh, it's not specific to steel, but more specific to a vision um, that he has about about global trade and it being unfair. I agree with you 100 percent, by the way, that we have not looked after the victims, uh, you know, the losers in globalization. And that's something that, you know, folks on both the left and the right, I think, are starting to think about. So is there a time then when being a protectionist is actually a good thing? I don't think protectionism is the answer. And people who, you know, economists who study this in detail say, you're not going to make somebody better off just by making somebody else worse off. In other words, if we just jack up the price of steel through tariffs, uh, well, guess what? Automakers have to pay more for for the steel. People who buy cars have to pay more for the cars. It has this long uh, trail of of effect down down the economic chain. That's not the way to do it. The way to do it is look at the people who are harmed and figure out a way to help them. That is, that's, where the problem is, the people who are harmed. Also, I would say that a a lot of our trade debate, not just this issue of steel, but a lot of our trade debate over the last few years, again, both on the left and the right, is focused on really sort of backward-facing issues, things like steel or bananas or, uh, you know, commodity products. 
what's happening right now is we're going through a seismic transition in our economy to to a digital economy. The things we need to be talking about are intellectual property rights and offshore tax havens and, you know, things like that. It's really not so much about steel anymore. It's about where uh, digital information flows are going. Do you worry, though, that in this particular instance, what we're talking about, imposing tariffs on particular products, that this could end up in a trade war and in the end, it is average Americans who do end up getting hurt? Trump has an industrial era view of the economy. I mean, he sort of looks at the economy as if it's 1987 all over again. I mean, he's talking <laughs> yeah. about he's talking about coal, for example. I mean, coal is in decline no matter what Trump does because right. natural right. gas is cheaper. It's more efficient. States and cities don't want the pollution that coal provides. This is an example. So he keeps talking about manufacturing jobs, and he's really said nothing at all about the other big factor here, which Rana uh, alluded to, which is automation. He could he could, yeah. you know, put up all the protections in the world, the smartest, you know, new new tariffs anybody can come up with. And many of those manufacturing jobs would go go away anyway because automation and robots are replacing them. So, you know, he's got sort of a small piece of it. He has identified part of the problem, which is these people who have been left behind in globalization in the U.S. economy. But so far, his solution is not even close to a comprehensive solution. But when Trump was campaigning, he needed a boogeyman. He identified the problem correctly, which is these people who have been left behind, but he needed a villain to blame for that to make it tangible, and his villain was trade. That is the part that doesn't make sense. Trade is a factor here, but it is really a much smaller factor than a lot of these other things we're talking about. But to get back to this question of what happens if he does go forward on putting tariffs on all sorts of products at the same time that you do have Europe and Japan coming together, uh, being more open to trade, what are the consequences here in the U.S.? What happens to the average worker, the average American when it comes to their job or the price of goods? So I think the first thing that would happen is you would see markets react very strongly. This talk of protection is the, is the one thing Trump has railed about that has worried economists and investors the most. And if he actually followed through on some of those uh, more draconian threats, 45 percent tariffs, I think even a 15 percent tariff would uh, unnerve the markets. I think we'd see a very negative reaction. Well, I think that surely you would see um, higher prices on U.S. goods. There'd probably be retribution. You would probably see, you know, potential for a trade war around certain products. In terms of the market reaction, one thing I think is fascinating, everybody says, well, you know, how bad can it be? The markets are not reacting. The markets have no idea how to price this kind of political risk. I mean, you know, they're just very bad at it. We haven't had a trade war uh, since the 1930s, really, of the, of the sort that people, you know, are considering here. And um, I just think the markets don't know what to make of it, and they're very sanguine, and still they're not. And when markets do begin to price political risk, they price it quickly and dramatically. Well, Rick Newman is a columnist with Yahoo Finance, and Rana Fruhar is a global business columnist at the Financial Times. Thank you both for joining. Thanks, Charlie. Thank you. And I'm Charlie Herman, and this is Money Talking from WNYC.